everybody, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We have two very special guests, along with, as always, Evan Simonko. Hello. And one one special guest, we're going to leave it a secret, but the other one is Dr. Suzanne Tinsley. Who do you think people think right now the guest is? Probably, I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. Let it's us know he's special, done. yes. But anyway, Dr. Tinsley is here to talk to us about COVID and the neurological neurological side effects. Can't say that word still. When you listen to the podcast, you'll find yeah. out that Scott cannot yeah, say the word I neurological. Word. Yeah, I know what it means, though. <laughs> anyway, she's here to talk to us about COVID and how it affects you and your physical therapy, as well as some wonderful information, stuff I didn't know about. That's right. She's a medical professional trying to help us to understand the recovery process after COVID and a lot of good information. So we appreciate yes. you tuning in, listening, watching on YouTube. If you are not subscribed, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Every Wednesday, there's a new episode. We Every appreciate Wednesday. everybody. And leave us a review. It actually helps people to find it and search five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you're watching on YouTube, give it a like. Plus, you get to hear and see us. That's right. And who wouldn't want that? Actually, lots of people. Oh. <laughs> well, let's listen to this one because it's a good one. It is. I'm back, there guys. it is. Yeah, the original scream. Yes. Does, do you yes. typically do it now? I, I, I try to. It's not good. It's not okay. the same. It's not it's the same. It's no, uh, yeah. <laughs> so hey, Justin's back, everybody, and welcome. There's a reason I'm back. We yes. have a special guest. We have a Scott. very, very special guest. Doctor, Doctor Suzanne Tinsley from mm. Oshner LSU Research. You got a lot of titles in there. So, Doctor Tinsley, tell us who you are, what you do, and get, we got to get right into it because we got a lot of questions. Great, thank you. Um, I'm. My name is Suzanne Tinsley. Um, I am the Assistant Vice Chancellor of Institutional Advancement at LSU Health. Okay. I am actually not part of the Oshner system. Okay, so they're, this is always confusing to us in the public because okay. they're in the same building, right, kind of? Right. And so um, they do partner to do right. research together. There is a – they partner to run the hospital. That's, that's what most people, I guess, right. when and you so say And so when you say LSU Health, you're talking about – education and yeah. research you like go tigers is what you really right mean. right yeah one side so, is if, if i'm correct one side is the school side that's where i am. one side is the hospital side right and there is a a, a group called oshner lsu that work together to run the academic hospital which oh. is the safety net hospital but for me i'm really not part of the oshner system other than i am a faculty member administration at lsu health Science that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's but that helps We've for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I that's that. part of the community issue that we love right. to do in this is helping people understand what that means. And Oshner took over, they actually bought in or they kind of came in because it wasn't always Oshner. LSU's always been there, so you've worked with them for how many years? Because this is what we were just talking about before we went on air. Sure, I've been at LSU for 31 years. Come on, wow, that's a lot of that's anytime you're in education time. or helping people for a long three decades, three decades Absolutely. that deserves. There's a yeah. lot of applause. But I think what I do is the reason I'm here is I'm a physical therapist by profession. Okay. Um, I'm board certified in neurologic physical therapy. And so um, as part of my array of things that I do, I still have the opportunity to practice. That's um, awesome. I'm in our faculty practice clinic working with patients that have had neurological deficits. And it just so happened in the last year that a lot of the patients with uh, COVID that have recovered but have problems 
Um, I've been or had the opportunity to now develop what we call the COVID rehabilitation program, where we're really starting to look at those individuals that have recovered and then now have problems related to their um, infection and trying to treat that. So that's probably why I'm here, yes. but that's just maybe one third of what my responsibilities are there on campus. But that's the big part of it. Absolutely. Because this is why, again, through the this whole pandemic, we've been having special guests in. So I was telling you before we went on air, we're very, very grateful for you. Absolutely. Anybody that is uh, committed to dedicating their life to helping this community, helping uh, you know, all of the people figure out what's going on and how we can be safe and healthy moving forward. We're deeply indebted. So we're thankful for this as well. All of the service, 30 plus years before pandemic. Yes, sir. <laughs> doing yes. all that you've done before there. And then now adding this on top, we just, you're a hero to us. Thank so you. we're very, very thankful. So spread the word over to all of that LSU health side of things as well. However, we can help you, we're here to help too. We Absolutely would love to be able great. to do anything we can do to encourage or help on that. And then on the secondary part of it, there are people in the medical field, because you're from the medical field as well, even like we're going through right now, physical therapy, uh, rehabilitation, there's still people on the fence that, which is shocking to me, <laughs> that are going, well, I don't know. Tell us why we should believe that it is real, and I say this knowing that you're helping people who are coming out of and recovering from that. Why are they still doubting? I don't know, but give us some evidence today. How many people are you working with? How many people are in rehab? What are you seeing in the, in this rehab? Well, currently, we I probably have about five or six that I'm currently working with now. And again, I'm I'm getting that group. Initially, I, I got that group of what we call the long haulers, um, individuals that had been in the hospital for many days, ICU for many days, on ventilators for many days, that then had issues not only with weakness because of their immobility of uh, being sick in the ICU, but then also cardiovascular issues, pulmonary issues. If we know what the, what the, the way the virus affects the lungs, then you really have to force those lungs back open, and that is you, you have to have an a, a appropriate amount of activity to do that. Yet these individuals that have been in bed for many days have wasted away and have significant weakness, mm -hmm. then it's hard to to do the activity that allow you then to, to help your pulmonary control, much less than regaining your strength back. And then there's some issues with some neurological or nerve problems that we're dealing with. And so that's kind of how I got into it, is just being called saying, hey, w you know, we know you're the, you're the specialist in, in neurological rehab. These are some issues that, mm -hmm. you know, my husband is having, my friend is having, et cetera, et cetera. And so then it, it kind of progressed into, okay, there are people that have had the virus, that have been tested that have had the virus, that you know certainly have now have antibodies that is evidence that they had the virus and now they're having issues that they didn't have before that is real to me yeah and so for for me on my end my evidence is saying come look at the people that I'm yep. treating that have recovered from the virus that they are now what we call the covid survivor and let's look at their issues and these were not issues that they had prior right. to being infected so for me it 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 is a it's a no brainer it is real now certainly we recognize that not everybody is going to get it to that extent sure 
You know, I can tell you I had it, and I had it in October and didn't know I had it. Sure. All right? And had no, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the lucky one. Right. Okay? But there are there are many individuals that are not that lucky and, and are having some major issues. And so, you were saying like one in five. Sorry, Scott, just yeah, to go no. back to. That's just, a, I mean, I don't know if that's the appropriate ratio. I'm just saying, you know, there is a. There is a ratio out there or a statistic of, of all the people that are affected. You know, I think it's less than than 10 or 15 percent require hospitalization. And then certainly at the extent of being in the ICU, I can get you those numbers. Yeah, I no, just don't have yeah, them. It's interesting. Well, the only reason I say that because we all we all have lunch discussions because none yeah. of us. Look, you're not looking at the sharpest not in the shed right here. <laughs> all right. They, they, everybody knows they listen to this. But. but where we are challenging ourselves is to look at real data mm-hmm. and talk to people who dedicate your life to it so that when someone comes up, because everyone is experiencing this outside of the medical world. So whether it's your dinner table, whether that's in your workplace or in your church, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's just I, the flu. I, I got over it. Just- she got over where this is why you're so valuable to us. I, I told Robin, Robin, his her daughter had gone through and had some serious issues long-term trying to figure out the rehabilitation side of it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, John Hopkins had uh, on Real Sports on HBO, they had a documentary, a mini documentary on exactly what you're doing. What is this rehab and the long-term consequences for a certain percentage of people that they don't know because it's still so new but it was fascinating to me, and I, I think it helped her and Carly to know, hey, you're not alone, honey. You're, you're, athlete, you're athletes, because then they begin to think, because I feel a certain way, I'm crazy. Maybe I am going crazy. I'm like, no. It's very smart people, like Dr. Tinsley, have given their life and are continuing to give their life to going. We don't understand it, but we're trying to figure that out. So that helps to even hear what you're saying now is what, if what you're doing. So, Scott, I hated to interrupt you. but I was Well, just... no, no. I just had a question because you mentioned the neurological. Neuro, neuro, neurological. Yeah, yes, sorry. Sir. I can't say that word. Anyway. I knew about the pulmonary and like the other issues. I didn't know what like what are some of the neurological new neurological oh got neurological, it. neurological right. problem. Obviously, I'm not that smart. <laughs> Certainly, there are some um, instances where the, the the virus itself causes people or related to having a stroke. Okay, but that's not the gr- that's not the group I'm working with. I've not actually personally seen someone that has had a cerebral vascular accident or a stroke secondary to COVID. What, what I am seeing in the clinic is, is something called a peripheral neuropathy. There is every, mer- every muscle is innervated by a nerve that your brain controls to make it move. And so what we're seeing is that the, there are various nerves in the body that become inflamed secondary to that inflammation process of the virus and that then those nerves do not work appropriately. They have sensory problems and motor problems, and it doesn't follow a pattern in a sense that what I've primarily seen is things in the lower extremity, legs more than the arms, but it's a process where the muscle doesn't work. It's truly atrophied. And, they, they, you know, you could say lift your arm all day long and that nerve isn't going to work. Your brain is sending the signal the nerve is not working. It is a, it's a polyneuropathy that we're seeing. And it's related to inflammation. And if you look in the, in the literature uh, early on back in the spring, they're calling it, they initially were calling it Guillain-Barre-like neuropathy 
where Guillain-Barre is a disease or an, a syndrome that is kind of autoimmune. You come into contact, you have a virus, etc., and then your, your nerves demyelinate. The little rubber around the nerve that makes it fire is not there anymore. And so they were saying that it looks like that early on. Well, what we're seeing in the clinic and, and have talked with several of our basic scientists and other physicians is that we think it is inflammation, but we really don't think it's demyelination because people recover. If you, if you apply the appropriate intervention and the appropriate activity to try to activate that nerve, uh, we've seen recovery and, you know, our average time that we're treating people are about nine weeks. And with doing some what we call neuromuscular electrical stimulation, trying to fire that nerve, then once they get a little bit of activity back in that muscle, then start putting that muscle into activity, we can get that to come back. And so it, it certainly is a neuropathy, but I'm not sure it's Guillain-Barre because what I'm seeing in my clinic, it's recovering very quickly if we apply the appropriate intervention. But it's that idea of, you know, people are coming in, they can't raise their arm or they, they've got drop foot because the nerve in their leg won't pick up their foot or they have weakness in their hips. We're seeing a lot that have what we call um, proximal instability in their hips. They're weak. Their hip flexors, their, their, their quads and their legs are weak. And we think it's due to this polyneuropathy that is we see after people that have recovered from COVID. See, what's interesting, so, uh, Evan, you'll get into this, because the reason we all know the Guillaume yeah, is Travis, Travis Frederick, the center for the Dallas Cowboys, was extreme high-level performing athlete. This is for all the men out there that go, ah, well, you saw him. He had to sit out for a year, worked mm-hmm. hard to recover, came back for a year and played at an all-pro level, and then now retired because he was like, I don't think I'll ever be exactly the same. Although I have recovered and Mm -hmm. I was able to perform, they're still lasting. Then then that's not COVID-related. That's just that side of it. That's that syndrome and how it occurs. But in the education part of it, if you want to know another source other than Dr. Tinsley, which she's here, so we're talking about this, the HBO special Mm -hmm. with John Hopkins is going into specifically young female athletes. There seems to be a higher rate of issues with rehab. There was a a college athlete that's a runner. She was in the running program, long distance. She is in a wheelchair after COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the research, and they're going, we don't understand it. So John Hopkins, just like LSU Health, y'all are all partnering with with organizations around the country because everyone, and the doctor, just like you, that was on the special, was like, look, we don't know. Right. Uh, But we're, that's why it is, this is why research is so important, why that money goes to research and why we invest in that. So talk a little bit about your partnerships with these other hospitals. Have you specifically worked with any larger groups? Are you sharing that data? Because I think Dr. Keith was talking about that's the beauty of right here in Shreveport, Bossier. You're leading the way in some ways, and you're partnering. Absolutely, and Dr. Keith is the one that's that's doing most of that that collaboration um, because we work together in both um, in the professional component. You know, I let him know. I personally have not actually spoken to anybody else mm-hmm. up in the East Coast that are doing rehab at this point. 
but certainly talking with Dr. Uh, Scott and what, what he's doing and then his collaborations, we're working together and, and trying to put together a consortium to begin to look at these things a little bit, bit more. But at this point, it's still kind of early on. Sure. Yeah, that's what's so fascinating to me is with the specific patients that you have, mm-hmm. have, have there been things that you have seen that you go, there are a lot similar, and then there's some that go, well, that's a total standalone. We don't give us a little bit on that side of that. Well, I think what has been interesting to me, and and there's also a colleague of mine that's working with me, Doctor Doctor Marie Vasquez Morgan. What what what's interesting to us is that nobody looks the same. Right. That if you if you have someone that has had say a stroke, there are some components mm-hmm. that look similar across mm-hmm. same way in say someone that has Guillain-Barre right that there we know that it goes more proximal to distal proximal uh, distal goes first then proximal as you recover you recover proximal and then distal but with these individuals though we see neuropathy in one individual, it's their axillary nerve in their shoulder, and at the same time, they have a peroneal nerve problem in their opposite leg. Well, that doesn't follow a pattern. Right. Um, the one thing that I do see consistently is the cardiovascular issues mm-hmm. that, that, again, are twofold. One, it could be truly due to the pulmonary issue related to the, to the virus itself, mm-hmm. okay, and what that inflammatory process does to the lungs. But a lot of then the cardiovascular issue is just the inability of what happens to you when you lay in a bed for 14 days and don't get out. You get, you know, your conditioning is, is, is declines. (laughs) You're not running marathons. not good for you. I have been preparing for that for a while. Yes. (laughs) And so that is consistent is that these individuals are certainly, their endurance is out the door. They have none. And so then you have to figure out, okay, is their endurance issue, is it pulmonary-related primary to the virus, or is it secondary simply because they've just been in bed all for 14 days or 21 days and hadn't done any activity. And so that's very, it's it's somewhat consistent across the patients that we're seeing that. But then you have to figure out w- what is the issue. Sure. What about ages? Is it a certain age or are you seeing all ages? Actually, I'm seeing mostly middle-aged men and younger. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of, of elderly patients that's yet. Awesome. Right. Now, and that's one thing I was going to say is you were saying. <laughs> Sorry about that, yeah. guys. Okay. Okay. I'm getting there. I don't think I'm middle-aged I got, yet. Uh, I got What's middle-aged? Anxiety, uh, okay. medication I think you're car. close. 40, huh? What's middle-aged? No, I think middle-aged is 35. We'll, we'll come into specific. Uh, 33. Call me middle-aged. No, no. You know, you're I, I'd say mostly the 35, 45, 55, okay. that group. A couple years. Yeah. Thank you. Scott's Dr. there. Sims. I'm that's, there. They I'm, try to I'm be younger. I'm the eldest of this group. But I would say the individual that I've seen that was the most affected was in his mid thirties. Mm. Yay. It's so strange mm-hmm. too. That and, and now talk from the medical side of your brain, how frustrating is that? Well it's it I don't know if it's frustrating. It it tells us that it, to me I think the medical side it's fascinating to me is that wow, you know, why is it 
that 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 scientific inquiry of thinking to try to figure out sure. why is that, you know. Uh, well, the reason I say frustrating is because we've not, we don't have, and again, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. But in less than a year of really the pandemic's coming up on a year as far as affecting us locally and globally or you know nationally. But then in the research side of it, Keith came in early on, mm-hmm. Dr. Keith. So we were kind of walking through some of that stuff. And it was, I would, I guess it's probably my personality. When I didn't get or do not get the answers quick enough, mm-hmm. I think That's I would be frustrated. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm going, why? I would lay at night probably the way my mind works, like going, okay. Now what about, because it's not uh, linear. Correct. It is literally all, all over, over the map. All over the board. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's why I would say if, if in your medical mind you experience that. But I do see your side of it is going, well, no, it's fascinating. But I didn't know if it ever got frustrating or, you know, disapp- you know, like uh, depressing because you're not getting answers quick enough or, or what you thought. Just personally what that vibe would be. Yeah, I, I think for me it's I hadn't had time sure. to do that, to, to really think that way because now I'm trying to figure out how can I, you know, what do I need to do to help individuals recover and that, you know, I don't really let myself go there. Sure. You know, I don't have time to go there. Yeah, and there are some people that are even in your specific practice. I have a, some people that I know, and they still don't really believe it. Is it because they're not dealing with helping those people rehab? It could be. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I that certainly could be a hypothesis. A hypothesis. I think, you know, if if... If you want to see, come and I'll show you. That's what you know, I. That's that what I, If you want to see and if you don't believe it, come let me show you. Okay, and then I then maybe you will. I, I don't know why people don't. Just because it doesn't affect them. Right. I think that's it, what it and is. And it doesn't affect them to the extent that it that it has affected others. Sure. But you know, any any part of us is human beings and being compassionate. If you if you could come into contact with somebody that has either suffered someone who has a loss everybody right are now that having problems after the fact you how can you not but believe that it is sure it is here it's i know for me personally i was annoyed by the mask i didn't wear the mask early on (laughs) i was frustrated by it i didn't want to do it we didn't go out much but i'd go to the grocery store and i'm not doing this but it changed when we had an intern whose sister had a heart condition and when she started coming and working for us this summer, she was openly crying, telling us how the last couple months had been because she's afraid someone's going to kill her sister. Absolutely. And there so you for go. me then, it's somebody you know. It's sure. like, okay, I can wear the mask for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not really worried I'm going to get it. I ended up did getting it, ironically, in September. And that's actually how you got here is I reached out to you because I still have no smell. So I'm still going to effect. People are worse off. I get that. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I really would like to know when I'm going to smell again. <laughs> Five months now into it. Right. Wow. And so I know for that person that changed it in my mind of, it's not about me. And as the church, sure. we should be leading that. And I think mm-hmm. that is the frustration oh, for absolutely. me that yeah. we see Christians and people in the church community that are more worried about our own rights and what we can do versus yeah. taking care of our neighbor. Yeah. It's count your blessings if you haven't gotten it. Count your blessings yes. if you got it and you didn't have a bad course of the disease then you are you should be grateful and i yes. am yeah but i would like to smell again one day. absolutely <laughs> well, if you don't have any advice for that there's no research no, on that for, for smell there's really nothing i mean you know we 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 think you know that might be nerve related to your olfactory nerve or it could be other reasons and you know 
I, I just, you know, what, what works in the nerves in the periphery, I can get to, but there's no way I can get to that nerve. To, to, I don't want any kind it. of treatment in that cranial nerve sticking stuff. There you go. That is so, but that is, again, fascinating. It is. And to go back along, with, I mean, I admire you, and I just think about how you're looking at all that and going, wow, that's, what are we going to do? Or how are we going to figure this out? Or, because that's the other side of it. There's real people, there's real cases. And so, how many in this research side of just maybe you're in the year do you go through or do you see? How many patients does that involve? Um, again, at this point, not really a whole lot right. because I, we're just now, one, not everybody has had that debilitative sure. outcome. And honestly, I think it's because most people don't know that there is something available. And I think that's one of my main reasons sure. for agreeing to come to speak with, with y'all is the idea that, one, I think people, if they recovered and they have problems, don't want to whine, don't want to be whiny because exactly. they recovered. Sure. Okay. And I get that. Sure. And I think sometimes maybe in the medical profession, we're saying, what do you want? You're alive. Okay. Right. And I get that. <laughs> but at some point... We have to say, look, if, if these are what we're seeing in the literature that are people are having problems with post-COVID, if this is you, then there is something out there that can be done to help you. Don't just sit at home and say, well, I'm thankful to be alive. I'm not going to be a whiny baby and right. go, you know. Every one of us deserves that quality of life. That's the best that's that it good. can be. And so that's kind of the reason I'm here is I'm hoping that by... By getting the word out to saying, you know, validate yourself that you have an issue mm -hmm. and reach out to somebody. And if the first person says, oh, well, I don't know, well, then reach out to the second person or reach out to the sure. third person until you get to somebody that will believe that, yes, you have an issue. We recognize that. Let's see if we can do something about it. And I'm thankful that you're doing that because this is what's awesome about LSU Health and what you're trying to do is, and this is why we love Dr. Keith and all the time it is overlooked. Absolutely. It's just like it's, the, you know, the crisis center, LSU and Oshner's there. But everybody forgets until you have the crisis. It's your family <laughs> right, member. Right, right, and, right. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's where we airlift you. You're not going to Willis Knight. You're right. not going. They're great hospitals, but I'm saying, but there are unique, special things that you guys offer and do that needs to be known. And I'm very thankful for you sharing the stories and telling us because it is our goal, too, that, number one, we know it's real. Mm-hmm. Number two, we're doing everything we can and have for the past year. Human, we make mistakes and we fall short. So you may catch me at Home Depot and I'm like, oh, where's my mind? I'm putting right. it on. But we are doing everything we can to say it's real. We're going to try to do our best to stop the spread. We're going to try to let you know what is going on and how to get the help and then try to encourage and strengthen the people that are dedicating and giving their life to solving that problem. That's why the hospital hoped this past week, you know, you're trying to feed all these, just encourage them or give them something to go. You're tired. It's all, we're all tired, but the medical profession and the research can't get tired. Right. We want to keep not. encouraging right. you. We want to keep going. We believe in you. Right. So it is discouraging. When, hey, it's not real. I'm like, that's what I've told many people. Well, come with me to go to the COVID wing over at Willis Knight North. I'll tell y'all. They're right. like, well, no, I'm not. Then be quiet. Yeah, I mean I that's where you. I get yes, sinful. Sir. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, get, I mean, I, I get real flesh. Well, then shut up. Like, I mean, come on, like go over here. If you, if you don't care, take off all your stuff and let's roll on through and go visit people. Because you know, 
a nurse friend of mine had a, a family member that was very sick. And so she knew that I had been up there. She like, would you go see him? Of course I would. Well, when I walked into the hall, all the nurses, their head turned around like I was a stranger because most people, they said, thank you for coming because no one wants to come up here. For good reason. Absolutely. There I are protocols. That. There are things in place. But I told them, it's, it's okay. I didn't, at that point, I'd only had half the vaccine. Uh, but at the other point, I was like, I'll put on every PP, whatever I got to do to be able to let that love. They weren't sure they were going to make it. And they wanted a minister to see them. That's what I, would be the least that I could do, however I can do it. But I'm very small. We're like People go, that was bra- It ain't brave of me. The nurses, the doctors, the and staff. That, I'm like, no, you're the ones that are really doing it. So that's why I'm very, very thankful for all of that aspect of it. Real quick to go back before we move on from that. If somebody did need to reach out or get in contact or talk to somebody about that, do you have a place you would recommend to send them if they have family members or they're experiencing? Absolutely. I mean, I I would tell you to reach out to any any physical therapist that, you know, um, in our community, if they want to come, we actually have a, a program where we're trying to actually collect some data and look at people early on. I would be happy to see them or or some uh, other therapist in our faculty practice clinic, and I can certainly give you numbers to call, my name, and we could get them set up. I mean, I want people to have access. Sure. Okay? And so reach out to me. I'd be happy to work with you or any of our uh, uh, clinicians are. If you're not in this area and someplace else, I can give you some names in, you know, say Ruston or Monroe that that I would recommend that that would probably do... Uh, I know would do a good job. I mean, it's the idea of over time, I think people will eventually get better, but why do we have to wait six or nine months if there's something we can do? You know, as a physical therapist, I am into movement and activity. That's what we do, you know, um, the, the human experience. And so it's the idea of we all deserve a good quality of life. I mean, sure. that's just what we deserve. And so if there's a way that we can facilitate that in a faster time frame, then, then that's what I want to do. So, you know, from the pulmonary issues, you know, eventually over time, you probably would get better. But why are we waiting nine months when sure. we could do some stuff now that would, would, would facilitate that quicker? Yeah, like Christy Rose on our office, she's one of our girls that works here. She's a singer. She helps in finance. She does a lot around the office. She went to her doctor today. Wasn't it today? Yeah, she yes, was, this morning. She still had, she had COVID, still has pulmonary issues, still working through all this. And this has been a long road. She was in the hospital for two weeks. Yep, yep. Right. You know, she's so, in her 30s. And she's in her 30s. And so this is why, you know, she would feel like, I don't know. And that's why people don't understand is the statistics don't thank God, are small enough that that's still a danger, though. It's like, well, not everybody's Christy. Most of them got better. Most of them got better. And so I'm like, yeah, but Christy, I always tell people, she's in our office, y'all. Go talk to Christy how hard it is to still walk upstairs when that wasn't a problem before. Now, (laughs) is is Christy involved in any activity that's trying to help her with that? She went to the pulmonologist today, so I would not want to speak on behalf of what she is doing in her rehab or what her doctor is doing, but this is why... Speaking with you today is important. It's another avenue, just like you're saying, like, hey, go talk to Dr. Tim. Get, find out what they're doing and mm-hmm. see if there's another avenue to continue to help you recover. So if you're listening to that, we're going to put it in the show notes. So if you'd yes. like to get in touch with you, we'll get Absolutely. that information, yeah, put yeah, that put on there, and you can talk but to that's, But that's somebody that is directly in our office who Absolutely. went through it that right. is continuing to have issues that may not fully be aware of what you offer or what's going on. 
uh, or her doctor didn't, or her, you know. And the only reason I knew is because we asked Keith Scott. Yeah. <laughs> that I right. found you through that, yeah. and he referred Absolutely. me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying as we're going through those things, uh, it's a it's a big, big deal. My, my point is reach out. Tell somebody. Don't just sit on it. If you have issues, tell somebody. Ask about it. In, the, in that, what would be an issue that they should look for? So if, say whoever, they've had COVID, they recovered somewhat, but they haven't told anybody. It's kind of like he was worried about smell. But Mm -hmm. what would be other things that someone may look for to go, oh, that's not normal? Or, oh, that is something I should maybe go talk to somebody else about? Is there anything that you would tell them? The two things that I'm mostly focused on are the weakness issues that then lead into functional decline. The not being able to get back to the activity that you were doing Mm -hmm. prior to COVID. And is it because you're weak? Is it because you're you're you have certain body parts that don't move? Like sure. oh well, you know, I my foot, I keep dragging my foot. You know, I had one individual, uh, a lady, say, well, you know, I I have noticed that I can't wear high heel shoes anymore. That my ankles don't feel stable. And sure enough, come to find out, she had some issues related to one of the muscles in her leg that was related to COVID. That was part of this polyneuropathy. Right. That, that needed some intervention, and she didn't really recognize that her foot was weak until we tested, and it was she was like, well, that's why I can't wear high heel shoes. Absolutely, wow. that's why you can't wear high heel shoes. And so a little bit of intervention in about three weeks, we had it back to where, you know, she's back in her high heel shoes and her ankle is stable. She doesn't feel like, feel like it's going to roll. You know, that's... she's going to sprain it. And so it's just that little thing, and it was not enough for her to think, well, you know, maybe, maybe – it is related to COVID. It isn't, you know, we kind of pulled it out of her. Well, have you ever had anybody check to see, look at your strength in your lower legs and make sure that it's even? And sure enough, that one particular muscle was extremely weak. See, hmm. that's what's interesting. And that's got it. That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So those are a weakness. Because uh, Dr. Keith, now again, I'm not throwing his business out there. He would tell me the same thing as when I'd call him, he was just like, well, that was something that was surprising. He goes, man, I've kind of Lost some of my feeling. I'm kind of, right. and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we don't know, Justin. It's like, I'm a doctor. I'm a medical doctor. I work with, but we're still researching and find that. So that is fascinating. Right. So weakness, weakness that is not, um, it, it that seems not typical. Okay. Sure. Um, also changes in sensation, like Dr. Dr. Scott, yeah. in that, you know, all of a sudden he feels, and then the next day he doesn't, and then he feels, and then he doesn't, or weakness that comes and go. Well, I felt strong yesterday, today I feel weak. Um, so anything related to sensation, weakness, or your inability to do the things that you were able to do prior to COVID. Now, if you didn't, you know, run a marathon before COVID, I'm not going to make you run a marathon after. But if, you know, if you, Shoot. if you could climb a flight of stairs and now you can't, Thumbs that's up. an issue. Yeah. What if about, you can't get out of a chair, that's an issue. That's a good what, point. What, what about sciatica? Is there any COVID related issues with that? Cause my, my sciatica has been acting up. <laughs> you haven't had COVID really? Scott. That I know of. <laughs> I'm just asking. Did, well, well, yes, you do. Now, hold on a second. You do know you don't have it because well, no, we no, gave no. blood. We gave blood and, and I didn't have antibodies, have... but we don't know how long the antibodies were. Well, that's blood. true. We don't know. Which, uh, speaking of blood, so maybe you can answer this question. Maybe you can't. But there is a lot of talk that blood it, blood type, it predestines you to, like, affects There is. 
there is. And and I, I'm not real versed in that literature. I've right. read some of it. I will tell you that I'm O positive. Me too. And Me too. I didn't know it when I had it. Hmm. Okay, and I that's did. the... So everybody said we so wouldn't o get it. So that you're already letting me know now. See, o no, positive. Wouldn't, they didn't say we wouldn't get they it. They said it wouldn't affect us. As we bad. wouldn't have Long as term. as serious about. What about a positive? I can't. I, you know. <laughs> uh, that don't get Doctor Tinsley that, that didn't sound promising. I know AB negative curious. is the is the worst one. Don't get hurt a lot. She. This is a medical professional. Right. Right. Not, I, you know, it's just I'm nice to have a, someone on here that just doesn't throw stuff out. Yeah, you're right. gonna yeah, not you're speak not from stuff. No, no. I am not a hematologist. Yeah. I am well, not a hematologist. I would just ask about my sciatica. Though. You're just throwing yeah, it out yeah. there. You have the chance. You know, I'm not. Sciatica is is normally a musculoskeletal mechanical issue. And so I can certainly refer you to one of our orthopedic specialists. See, See there you go. That yeah. could, that could help you with sciatica. My, well, you yeah. wouldn't have numbness in your hands because of sciatica. Well, I'm having numbness in my leg and my hands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So your hands <laughs> are probably, yeah. I, I, I know the exact person that I could refer you hey, to. Hold on a second. Is this a, do we need a copay right now? Because what is happening here? <laughs> well, is this going to be like an Ask Dr. Tinsley call-in show? I had yeah. the opportunity. <laughs> <why not laughs> take it? I think we're going to do a call-in. Let's yeah. go yeah. ahead and yeah. call like Dr. Oz. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do this one weekly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. What's your problem? Where can I refer you? I figured I have the opportunity. I'm going to ask. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I understand. Right. What else do you have? Because I was going, there's one thing. Well, let me go, Gavin, think of yeah. your question. I got right. one thing. All right, so this has, you're not a hematologist, but in the hospital system, we're, we're, we keep hearing there's a shortage of blood. Do you know anything about, because we're trying to encourage people, if you're well and you can, you need to do that, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it just, it shows support, it shows, you know, concern. But do you know anything about that right now? We're trying to push for more people to do it. So if somebody's listening right now, I'm just reminding them. Just the same as I think anybody's heard. You know, uh, Dr. Golly, um, who is our chancellor, wonderful, um, fantastic, has been sending out um, chancellor's memos just saying, you know, listen, if if any of the faculty, the staff that you can enable, please yeah. go and give blood. We actually set up a couple of, of times over the last week with all the weather there to come to, to the campus to give blood and then to go to life share. Um, it's just a shortage, and I don't know if it's related to just maybe not enough people mm. giving blood as normally in the past. Sure. Or maybe we've had a greater need for blood due to surgeries and those types of things. So, you know, it, it is a shortage. Yeah, I'm just making sure. Just from a medical professional, not just us saying, hey, go get blood. No, it is a yeah, shortage. You need to, yeah. Yes. So ahead. Absolutely. So I think this is a question a lot of people have, and you are probably not an expert to answer this, and I'm not going to put you on the spot if you don't want to answer it, but what do you see in the next coming months and year does it look like, the projection of what you're hearing or people you're talking to until there is a sense of normal, or are we never going back to normal? I don't think normal is going to be normal the way we knew normal before. I think it's going to be a new normal. Um, You know, I can... Again, I'm not an expert sure. in that that we'll component. That. All right, so I would I would highly recommend y'all get Dr. John Van Cherry, who is kind of our guy that's running the 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 both the COVID study and sure. and he's in charge of the vaccination group um, at the fairgrounds and then also at uh, Chevy Land. You know, he could probably be more astute along those lines and tell mm-hmm. tell us what you know where we're going. Um, what I've heard is that, you know, we have to get people vaccinated. 
And once we get then that large group vaccinated, however long that that takes, I think we've done a great job yeah. here in Shreveport. And again, under Dr. Van Cherry and Dr. Golly's leadership, working within the um, um, area hospitals here, trying to roll out. If you've not been to the fairgrounds and seen, you know, six lines of cars going and people wow. getting vaccinated, yep. it's it's really phenomenal. Um, uh, a lady named, a nurse named Shelly Riley is kind of in charge of all that, and she's done a great job. Um, once, what I understand is once that we get a large group vaccinated, then that's where we can maybe begin to start then thinking, bringing groups back together. Now, how fast that will be, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a couple of big activities that we're having at LSU Health as part of our academic, the, the school, with the match day for our fourth-year medical students with graduation, and we are going to hold those events, but they're going to be held with the proper distancing. Yeah. Um, um, like match day, I think, is going to be at the 262, the, the David Toms complex sure. yeah. outside, and then, you know, you'll have individual tables where everybody will be spread out sure. and, and, you know, looking at maybe having some events in the fall, but, again, where we're spread and social distance so you know i think eventually we'll get there um time frame i don't know yeah and that's one of the reasons it's a good point because we're almost out of time already aren't it's we flying yeah going yeah. by mm -hmm. but this is because we're easter's around the corner for mm -hmm. us it'll be the first time that we're moving back towards gathering and people still question why we this is so funny to me like why are you still saying we have to do or that you're choosing to do a protocol or B protocol. For us, we're doing a health screening. We're, we're just asking people. We want that when you come in. There's a couple of reasons. One, we want to communicate you if something happens. We want to make sure you know that, hey, people in that pod were affected right. so that you can go take, you know, you know measures necessary to keep your, your family safe. Uh, you know, mask. We do social distance. We have all of these things that we're putting into place. And as you say, correct me if I'm wrong, that's all we have at this point. Right. If you're trying to do it, it's not that we're just trying to be difficult. It is inconvenient. It is challenging. But if you want to have any kind of a gathering because that connection and that encouragement still is valuable, for example, your graduation or whatever, you're just trying to go, how can I do this the safest possible right. way? We still want to do it, yep. but how can we do it with the least impact Right. I mean, I would hate to think that I held an, an an event at my house where I had more than six people in my home and someone came that didn't know that they had COVID and gave it to somebody else and that person passed away. I would yeah. hate to have that on my heart. Sure. That I that that I didn't do what I needed to do to ensure or the best that I could to make sure that that next person doesn't get infected, and then therefore doesn't have the possibility of having that bad outcome. And I think that's the part that people don't understand is, is we're almost a year into this, and people are tired. People are whatever. they we Numbers are going down, which is a praise the Lord, all across the country. I mean, you do see that it is. There mm -hmm. are still variants and some things going on, but it looks like we're moving in the right direction. More people are getting vaccinated than ever. Just reading about the new Johnson Johnson vaccine that they're right. trying to add another yeah, so one. So I mm -hmm. think all of those things are positive, but I think I guess what I'm saying is the only reason we're putting all of these protocols in place and we continue to do it, and the reason we waited when others didn't, was simply because we're trying to think of the other person more than ourselves. Absolutely. And we will continue to do that. And that's why 
we know uh, and we want to communicate to you, we appreciate what all of y'all are doing in the medical profession to be able to uh, help us understand that and understand the value of why all of those protocols are necessary, even in the near future. Uh, But then also that you're there for us when we get it, if we get it, and how do you continue to recover? Because not everybody looks the same. Not everybody looks the same. And don't don't think just because your issue is small, it's not important. Yep. It is important. Yep. And so reach out and let's see, you know, what we can do, how we how we can get you back to where you were, you know, the best quality of life you can have. That's good. It is. And I just think about the value, too, of meeting in person and not being isolated. And you hear about oh, depression yeah. and substance abuse. And that's what we're trying to figure out as a church, where oh, that line is. Oh, my goodness, right. And that, it is complicated. Well, is we that? already know that that's why it's so complicated. Addiction we're is to, on the rise. It is. And it's mm-hmm. because, obviously, we've never been here before. So you're isolated and you're pulling away and you don't know what to do. And the the, the effects on children and school, everybody's trying to figure that out. I think that's the part that I go back and like, do you really think we just want to complicate your life to complicate your <laughs> right. life? It's like, no, we're trying to find a way to keep you as healthy as possible so that you're not in the rehab trying to figure out how do I get my feeling back in my hands or walk to hospitalized. Yeah. Hospitalized. So that's where we appreciate all that. Uh, and you taking the time to help us understand that is very valuable to us. We're very thankful. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just uh, if I have a moment, the, sure. there's um, – the, on our LSU Health Science Campus, Shreveport Campus, there are several centers of excellence. And and I'm sure you've heard about the EVT lab, which is the Emerging Viral Threat Lab that is done. There, that's a center that's done all the sequencing and does all the I testing. Think that's where, isn't Keith uh, somehow? He Doctor, pointed to, he's a part of that, yeah. correct. But, but then you think I'm part of the Center for Brain Health. Um, which is a center of excellence looking at neurologically. And that's kind of where now we've kind of centered this COVID rehab is part of that center for brain health. We also have a center on campus that is called the Louisiana Addiction Research Center. And so where I'm looking at the recovery side from a neurological standpoint, you have the EVT lab that's looking at the sequencing, seeing how many people can be tested. Now you have the LARC, which is another center of excellence run by Dr. Um, Dr. Patterson is the clinical side. Dr. Nick Getters is the basic science side that they're looking now at then the addiction component related wow. to it. And so I would tell you that um, in April, they are putting on a summit. It's kind of a suicide a summit look, looking at just the effects of COVID sure. and, and, you know, those numbers going up. Suicide, addiction, methamphetamine, alcohol, cocaine, narcotic, all of those are on the rise. And how do we deal with that? And so certainly... You know, I'm glad you had me here looking at it from the, 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 the brain health, the neuro rehab side. You had Dr. Scott looking at it from the medical side. And now we have another com- uh, a portion of our um, health science center that's looking at it from the addiction side. We so, need to bring them in. We'll, yeah. we'll call them. We're going to yeah. get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, I can give you some names. You know, it's it's really it's, it's, names and that's why I, I just thank God for Dr. Keith. I mean, he's one of a dear friend, but he really was in that you would agree to it because you didn't really know what you're walking into. This is kind of a this is kind of a dicey group, though, Doctor Tinsley. The random guy called you about smell. Yeah, you're like you're on a podcast. Yeah, but our heart is to encourage you, to thank you, and to you know support what you you guys do because it's valuable. It's it's very very valuable. So 
it means the world to us that you've given 30 plus years to it and then to now be going into stuff that we just don't know a lot about you know it means something though that you're giving life to that energy to that your life to that so we're just very very grateful i always think um you know, when people ask you, why do you do what you do? Why do you, you know, because I, I work with those people that have had tremendous deficits. Sure. And so I always think back to, you know, my, my little verse I go to in Second Corinthians that talks about meeting the needs of God's people. That's awesome. And I think about, you know, I, I've not been there, but I'm sure that if people have been there that have said, how am I ever going to do this? And, and said a prayer, God, please yeah. help me. And for me to be a part of that, you know, what I do, awesome. it's not miraculous. You know, I tell people all the time, what I do is not rocket science, but it does serve a purpose. And so, you know, again, how can we help people get back to what you know, what their quality of life is. We, think it, it, we think it is a miracle. You're a well, miracle. I don't know about that. But. And rocket science, there ain't no doubt. <laughs> I always mix up. Is it brain? I always rocket go, surgery. Not, <laughs> I always go, it's not brain science. And they're like, well, that's it's rocket science and brain surgery. And surgery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just listening to people. What are their issues? Truly listening. And then, you know, validating everybody. You well, know. Well, we want you to keep working with Scott. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Okay. He's, he's, I'm gonna need a lot. Especially of help. now that we know you're a brain specialist, we really would like to. Look there's a into, lot. There's, okay. There's a lot. And when going. I'm done with you, then we'll have to head on over to the Lark. Is that what it is? The yeah. Lark, Louisiana yeah. Addiction yeah. Research Center. Yeah, yeah definitely we, have to get in on that. Yeah, we're doing. Let's make the rounds. There yeah. you go, Doctor Tinsley. Thank you for you're giving welcome. us your Absolutely. time. Today. Thank you, you so are much. A gift to this community. Thank More you. people need to know about what y'all do. So thank you for spending thank time with us. I enjoyed it. Thank you for asking me. You're welcome. You'll come back? Absolutely. Anytime. All right. We'll do it. Thank you for listening. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for being a part of it. You got questions? Remember, go to the notes because we'll put all the Absolutely. I'll even get Evan all the information on that HBO documentary. So it's another great research thing Mm -hmm. on rehabbing and helping you understand why we're still so adamant about the procedures and the things we have in place and why we're so grateful for the medical professionals in our area that are giving their life to helping us figure it out. All right, thanks for listening. Peace. Till till next time. Peace, my friends. Peace. Thank you for listening to that. We hope it was helpful. And again, make sure you check out the show notes if you or a family member, somebody you know, needs recovery or is having issues after COVID. Dr. Tinsley has graciously offered to help you to get placed and find what you need to do that. So make sure you take advantage of that. Check it out. And Scott, we all learned something today, I think. Yeah, we did. And, and once again, I just want to reiterate that. Don't don't like be like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to power through Tough it. Tough it out. Yeah, if you need help, reach out. If you, even if you can't reach out to them, reach out to us and we'll help make the connection. Because you shouldn't do life alone. That's right. And if you can help with Scott's issues, let us know, yes. too. We can help you. Actually, I'm going tomorrow to see a chiropractor. There you go. Well, on that note, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and check out the new episode next week. I'm looking forward to it. The chiropractor or the... Both. Oh.